did not choose me, but I chose you. And I set you that you should go forth and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. John chapter 15, verse 16. This week we continue the series titled, The Vital Groups, with speaking from Brother Andrew Yu on vital relationships and practical examples of bearing fruit and perfecting one another in the church life. This is part two of Message 3 from a conference hosted by the church in New York City in November 2015. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. If you look at it that way, then the entire Gospel of John is about relationship. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this afternoon is relationship. And uh, going back to uh, that uh, the brotherly fellowship concerning the vital group, and he said this. He said there are three elements to the vital group. The first is the condition, and the second is the nature, and then the third is the goal. So what is the vital group? The vital group is a relationship with the condition of love. So it's a love relationship. And the vital group is in the nature of spiritual. So it's a spiritual relationship. And then the vital group has the goal. And the goal is that you will have those that you are in vital connection with to be partners, partners in begetting fruit. And uh, <clears throat> so you have uh, Exodus chapter 34, and uh, Moses was praying with God, and it's like a father and a son, I mean, and a father and a mother, and then the son commits some kind of a big mistake. And then the mother said, see your son? He got into trouble. And the father said, no, this is your son. <laughs> and uh, so at the beginning, Moses said, oh, your people. And, uh, and God said, no, your people. And then eventually, uh, the Lord dropped it. It's a third people. And, uh, <clears throat> and then at the end of that conversation of trying to, how to deal with this wayward son, <clears throat> there is a, a verse there that says that uh, Moses was like a companion with God. And the footnote says that that companion means he is a partner of God. And he says in the Old Testament, Abraham's relationship was only a relationship of friendship. 
But Moses was in a further relationship. It's not just a friend of God. He's a partner of God. And they partner together to do what? To try to take care of Israel. So partner is actually a very strong relationship. And uh, then, and the uh, 15th chapter of John, John 15, it has one more word. Disciples. So, <clears throat> here, I would list these four kinds of relationships. And this one, I'll call it friendship. And this one, I call it fellowship. And this one, I call it partnership. And then this last one, I call it discipleship. So, the relationship that we're building up with people are in these four categories from A to D. First, you build a friendship with people. And then the friendship should not stop there, and they should move on. But it starts out always with friendship. You know what, how, how the Lord built up his relationship with us? First, he is the friend of sinner. And he is the friend of sinner before he is the savior of sinner. He, he makes friends with us before he becomes our savior. Our concept is the opposite. He is our savior, then he makes friends with us. No, it says, and I'm quoting Watchman E. He says, the Lord is first our friends before he is our savior. So he is the friend of sinners in the gospel before he is the savior of sinners. So, same thing with our relationship. We build our friendship. But friendship doesn't stop as friendship. Friendship moves on to become fellowship. And the fellowship moves on to become partnership. And the partnership moves on to become discipleship. Now, practically, you get to know a person. First, you become his friend. And you talk about his, uh, what he likes and what he doesn't like. You go out and have coffee with him. And then after you get to know him for a little while, you don't stop there. You don't get led by his nose and just become his friends. You lead him to start having some prayer together or to start reading the Bible together. And uh, when you do that, then you move on from a friendship relationship to a fellowship relationship. You move from being just in a condition of love to a nature of something spiritual. 
That's something spiritual. It can be praying together. It can be reading the Bible together. Or it can be just reading something uh, related to the Bible together. But it's something spiritual. It's not just talking about the movie and, uh, and what's going on on the Internet. It's fellowship. But fellowship is not the end. Now, fellowship moves on until you and him become burden for somebody else. Let's say his roommate. And you say, well, uh, what about Jimmy? Jimmy, we should start praying for Jimmy. And so as soon as they start praying for Jimmy, they move into a partnership. And what is this partnership? This partnership is a partnership, the enterprise of getting people. Not the enterprise, not the partnership of <clears throat> making money. Partnership in the gospel. And then, after a while, one year, and I say, okay, now, uh, uh, Johnny, we've been having this wonderful relationship together for a year. Now I gotta move on. And uh, I gotta move to another campus, or I gotta move into another relationship. So now, you continue to do what I'm doing, okay? And so, you become the disciple. And you continue on becoming what I just did to you in the last nine months. And so you disciple that person. And so that relationship becomes a discipleship. Isn't that obvious? It's pretty obvious to me. Now, <clears throat> all right, now, I said, if you look at the vital group this way, then you say, wow, I didn't know that uh, there's all these relationships that uh, mean something. Well, whether it means something or it doesn't mean something, it all depends on how you, how you move on. And if you move on in the other direction, then you get let by the nose by him, and it's not in that, in that direction. Okay. Now, I share that with the full-time trainees. Uh, in the full-time training God of Day class. About three or four weeks ago, I said, okay, all of you start writing on a piece of paper. You don't have to write your name. I'm just doing a survey. How many of you think that you're in a friendship relationship with somebody? Then you write down the number of friendship relationship you have. And then how many of you think that you are in a fellowship relationship with somebody, and then you write down the number of fellowship relationship. And then how many of you think that you're in your actual praying partnership with somebody, then you write it down. Then how many of you think that you have perfected somebody, either a young person or a couple or a new one on the campus, that they actually are doing what you're doing now? If you have that, then you have that relationship. And so I have these numbers, and I'm going to write them on the board. There's uh, 1,743. And by the way, <clears throat> the total number survey is 2,292. So of the 292, there are 1,700 friendships. 
And of those 1,700 friendships, there are 1,042 fellowships. And then 496 partnership. And then 160 actually are duplicating themselves and are in a kind of discipleship. And so that comes up to an average. This is now number. Six friends. 3.6 fellowship partners or fellowship relationship. 1.7 partnership relationship. Praying. Praying with these people. And uh, 0.5 discipleship relationship. I said, okay, don't pass the paper out yet. Now write down after you hear all, everything that I just share, what you think you want to at the end of this term. So, end of the term. And uh, this time, some people, they, they have no clue. So they don't write down anything. So, uh, the number of people that wrote down some numbers is 200. 47. So about 45 people, they didn't write down anything. But of those who wrote down something, this is the number. And uh, if you average out over that number, then you increase from an average of 6 to 7.3. You increase from 3.6 to 5.5. You increase from 1.7 to 3.5. And then you increase from 0.5 to 2.1. And that's not too bad with a a period of uh, about two months. A little, a little bit less than two months. So, uh, at the end of the term, I'm going to ask them again. So, what do you think? Has your relationship improved? You know, some of the young people say, Oh, I'm in a relationship. What kind of relationship are you in? <laughs> so, those kind of things that uh, you say, Oh, I'm in a relationship. I, I'm not that excited. But I'm excited about this kind of relationship. So, yeah, yeah, get into a relationship, every one of you. But get into the relationship in the right way and in the right direction. And then you will bear remaining fruit. And if you bear remaining fruit, you will fulfill John chapter 15. So, how easy is that? Can you do it? You just consecrated yourself this morning. I I saw you. You think you can do it? Okay. Yes, I can. Yes, we can. Now, uh, 
Some leading brothers from the church in Singapore came to some of us, the co-workers, and said, well, the church in Singapore has been dormant for a long time, so can you share something on how to uh, go on? And uh, <clears throat> I said, well, it's very easy. If you get a 100 saints, they will get vitalized, and then they start building up this vital relationship. And uh, by 2020, that's five years from now, you have 2,000 people, easily. And uh, I say, how do you get that? So now let's go back to the uh, PowerPoint. And the next one, uh, who are these brothers <laughs> that are doing that? You! <laughs> you! Okay. All right, next one. So John chapter 15 says that, that your fruit you will bear much fruit and that your fruit will remain. So how do you have remaining fruit? Well, get into this kind of relationship and you have remaining fruit. So let's get a projection of next five years. So next, okay. Let's look at the trees, how they bear fruit. For apple tree, it takes two to five years. For apricot tree, it takes two to five years. For banana tree, it takes two to three years. For cherry tree, it takes two, three to five years. For cherry trees, sweet, it takes four to seven years. Citrus tree, you get the point. So it's not like you planted it this week and the next week you get the fruit. Forget about it. The least is two years. Now you, you, you think about the Lord's word. He said, uh, he got an olive, uh, a fig tree in, an ol uh, in a vineyard. And then he says, after two years. And he came and he said, is there fruit? And so uh, the gardener said, wait, wait, wait. Just wait another year, okay? Don't, don't get impatient. And uh, next year, if it doesn't bear fruit, then chop it off. So I'm not saying that you go out and uh, you just get uh, 10 remaining fruit right now. No, I'm not saying that. You know, if you're an apple tree and I get you planted, then you start bearing fruit in two years. Now, let's look at the next fruit. So first year, blue is first generation, red is second generation. So I'm not saying that you're bearing a lot of fruit. You're just bearing one fruit. And then if you want to get this one to move on to a more stable relationship, then you got to be taking care of at least four or five people and, you know, build up this kind of relationship with them and simmer, simmer until it's simmer down and then it becomes a kind of fellowship and then it's simmer down. Okay, so let's say within a year, you get one second generation, red. Then the next year, then that one that you have begotten, he saw what you did, and so he did the same thing. And so you and him together, you get the third generation. So that's partnership. Then the third year. Now, the yellow one, he gets another one now. And that's the fourth generation. In the meantime, you got rid of him already. So he's a disciple, so you can go ahead and get another one. So you get another red. So that's the third year. Fourth year. Then the fourth generation 
get the fifth generation, which is the blue dot. In the meantime, some of the red dots get more dots, the green dot, uh, uh, yellow dots. So that's fourth year. Then the next year, same thing. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, my wife said, oh, this is Fibonacci series. I said, what is Fibonacci series? I never heard of that. Well, whatever it is, whatever series, it's a fruit-bearing series, I can tell you that. <laughs> so first generation, second generation, third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation. Now, what has happened? Next frame. From one person, it turned to 13 person, it becomes an increase of 12%. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, 120. Uh, uh, 12 times. So one person becomes 12 person. Now, I will ask you, do you think that that is unrealistic? Say yes or no. Yes, unrealistic. No, realistic. Yes, I think it's very realistic. But what does that mean? That means a 100 person in Singapore suddenly in five years will become 1,200 people in Singapore. Just if these 100 people would just be faithful to do what I'm doing. And I know that uh, numbers can play magics. But I'm not talking about number. I'm talking about something very, very practical and something that I see with my own eyes. So you know what happened to this, this guy after five years? He becomes a small group leader. And he has a small group meeting in his home. And in another year, he'll be a district leader. It's just like that. So uh, <clears throat> here in New York, the brothers told me, they said, oh, uh, Abraham Chang, that's a senior uh, co-worker from Taiwan, he used to come to Ta uh, New York and say, oh, you should have 50 meeting halls in uh, uh, the church in New York. And he said, wow, 50 meeting halls, that's uh, dreaming. Well, you just walk down the street of New York and you see this patch of people, that patch of people, that patch of people. You never see any uh, cosmopolitan uh, combination of people like you see in New York. And that is a great opportunity to practice the church life like what we're talking about. And it would be not difficult at all if we have 100 people that says, I volunteer. <clears throat> and I promise to be from now on for the next five years, I want to be vital. And I want to be in a vital relationship with the Son, and then with the Father, and then with the Spirit, and then with each other. And then guess what? In five years, you will be a <coughs> spontaneously an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, and a shepherd. You don't need somebody to ordain you to be such. You don't need somebody to assign you to be such. You just become such by building up this relationship. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. <coughs> when that happened, what 
watch my knee, predicted, will come to pass. <coughs> and the church in New York, at least we have 50 of such vital <coughs> small groups. And if you have 50 people like that, you got 2,500 people. Would you believe in it? Do you want to dream my dream? You want to dream my dream? Say amen to that. Okay, so that's what I want to share with you. And uh, I promised you at the beginning, I said, you're not going to hear the Bible group like you heard before. So here it is. It's something that I think is very doable for the young working saints, whether you're Indian, Mexican, or Chinese, or Japanese, or Korean, and whatever community you're in, and whatever condition you're in, and whether you're in college or out of college, it doesn't matter. As long as you're a human being, you can do that. Can you? So if you do that, then I congratulate you, and in, in five years, we won't be sitting here. We'll be sitting in the 2,500 people Coliseum, and we'll be happily celebrating with the Lord. In that, the vine has increased in New York City. Should we get into this partnership? Okay, so I end my fellowship here, and I said at the beginning that I opened the time for you. So some of you who didn't have the chance to uh, consecrate yourself, and some of you may say, oh, I didn't know what to consecrate. Now you know. It's very concrete. I consecrate my next five years to the Lord. To be vitally related to the Lord, number one, to be vitally related to others, to bring them into a vital relationship, and then to duplicate myself in them. How about that? I'm very happy to see all of you young people sitting here. Some people say, oh, they're a dead weight. I I said, no, they're not a dead weight. They're living vital members of the body of Christ. Let's look at it that way. Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.com.